This is Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, inviting you to give consideration to our Early Learning Academy as you look for a place for your pre-K, kindergarten, or first grader. We would love to have the opportunity to serve your child. We have outstanding facilities and a wonderful staff of certified teachers itching to serve you. Come by and share with us as soon as you can. Lord, you're mighty. 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 Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You set your glory above the heavens. We want to talk for a few minutes from the subject, the evolution of the gospel. The evolution of the gospel. These words of Paul are a testament to his personal growth. He writes to the church at Philippi saying that he's good even though his circumstances are anything but good. He's under arrest in Rome. After having been detained for two years in Caesarea, after having been adrift at sea in the midst of a Eurocidon for several weeks, 
after having been shipwrecked for three months on the island of Malta. After all of that, he says, I'm good. The tone of the letter is one of joy and security in Christ. In fact, the words of the text give every indication that Paul is at peace with the world. He says, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I have found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything, through the one who makes me who I am. Considering his circumstances, considering all that he has been through, it might be difficult for some of us to understand Paul's testimony. But what Paul is actually speaking to is the evolutionary growth that he has experienced as a result of his complete embracing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what Paul claims has been his experience can also be our experience if we're willing to make a complete commitment. We said in our early morning worship that salvation is not an event, but it is a process. And because this is so, salvation is both revolutionary and evolutionary. Meeting Jesus and surrendering to Jesus and embracing Jesus is revolution. Jesus changes our priority and shifts our focus. But after the revolution of new birth takes place, we have to be sure that we continue to evolve and grow and mature into the spiritual tool that Christ desires us to be. Revolution puts us on the right path. Evolution keeps us on the right path, no matter where the path takes us. For Paul, the Jesus path has brought him to all kinds of hardship and setback. And in a similar fashion, the Jesus path often leaves us baffled and bewildered by the circumstances that we face. We are beset by the tragic, senseless crime and violence that continues to mark our city. We are beset by the reversals that we have seen in the areas of civil rights and voting rights and social justice. We are beset by the terrible unemployment 
for African Americans, still nearly twice as much as whites and more than any other racial group. We are beset by personal dilemmas, problems in our homes, problems with our children, problems in our marriages. We are beset by money problems. We are beset by health problems. We are beset by the challenges that go along with getting old. These are not possibilities. These are realities. But in response to these realities, Paul says that what has been helpful for him was going through the process of spiritual evolution that the gospel provides. Paul says that because of Jesus, I've learned to be quite content no matter what the circumstances may be. Now, you need to know that this is not the only place where Paul makes such a proclamation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he writes, we've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we are not demoralized. We are not always sure what we should do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God has not left our side. We've been thrown down, but we have not been broken. In Romans chapter 1, he writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he writes, For I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have delivered unto him against that day. In each of these instances, Paul reassures us that contentment is the state of the human spirit when we go through the process of spiritual evolution. When we experience the evolution of the gospel, we come to understand that contentment doesn't come from worldly stuff. In the third chapter of this epistle to the church at Philippi, Paul talked about the error of his thinking before he evolved with the gospel. He confessed that he once relished in the fact that he believed himself to be a Hebrew among Hebrews, a Pharisee filled with the zeal of the faultlessness that Pharisees believed they possess. But as a result of the evolution of the gospel, Paul says, now I consider all of that to be nothing. To me, the only thing that matters is getting closer to Jesus 
every day. We need to understand that contentment doesn't demand that we escape the problems of life. One of the common mistakes that we make is that we think that if we're in Christ, we ain't going to ever have a problem. We think we're never going to have to cry. We think that we're never going to have to hurt. But Paul would reject that. And he would tell you that since I've made my commitment to Christ, I've had a hard way to go. But through it all, I've learned that God's grace is sufficient. My friends, there is no such thing as a trouble-free life. All of us are going to have to face some pain and some heartache. But if you know who God is, and if you have embraced Jesus as your Savior, then he will help you to find contentment in the midst of your pain. So if contentment doesn't depend on worldly success or avoiding the problems of life, then how do we experience it? Paul says that contentment is the result of spiritual evolution. And our evolution begins with a personal encounter with Jesus. It's not enough just to hear about it. It's not enough just to read about it. You've got to know him for yourself. Paul could testify, I had heard about him, but I didn't like what I had heard. And I would let you know today that there are many today who have heard about Jesus, but they may not like all that they have heard. Why would that be? Because when you encounter Jesus, he will change your social life. When you encounter Jesus, he'll change your private life. When you encounter Jesus, he will change your professional life. When you encounter Jesus, he'll change your family life. And I want you to see that the key in each one of those statements is that there must be a change. You see, that's where a lot of us mess up. We're trying to serve Jesus and keep everything just like it was. Let me tell you, you can't do both. You can't hang around mud pits and then get upset when mud gets on you. Jesus is trying to let us know that I'm here and I'm available to you, but you've got to be willing to have a personal encounter with me. We say all the time, behold, I stand at the door and knock. But the key is you've got to be willing to open the door. And if you open the door, he'll make a change in your life. If you open the door, 
he'll cause joy bells to ring in your heart. Then our evolution depends on our making the decision to live for Jesus. See, Paul will tell you, before I met Jesus, I tried to do everything that I wanted to do. I tried to go wherever I wanted to go. But I came to understand that in order for me to get better, I had to let go. And I had to put it in the Lord's hands. Church, let me tell you today, it's not enough to meet him if you're not willing to let him be in charge. You need to stop telling the Lord, I'm trusting in you. And then you try to do everything by yourself. You need to stop telling the Lord that I'm going to lean on you. And then you try to fix it all by yourself. I don't know about you, but I get a little tired of convenient Christians. Christians when everything is going well. But then they leave when problems start. I get a little tired of complaining and criticizing and crying and calculating Christians. Evolution comes from making up your mind that you're going to live your life for him. Evolution comes from learning how to love folk the way Jesus loved you. Evolution comes from being committed enough to tell Jesus from your heart, use me, Lord, in your service. Draw me nearer every day because I'm willing to run on all the way. Paul will tell you that there was a time when I tried to fix it all on my own. But because I stayed with Jesus, Jesus changed my heart. And he caused me to see more and more every day that I need to let go and let God. So Shago, let me ask you today, how long are you going to hold on to stuff that you need to let go? How long are you going to try to do it your way and not let Jesus do it his way? Evolution comes from making up your mind that you're going to live for Jesus. And living for Jesus means that you stop trying to do it all yourself. Well, that leads to my final point. Evolution results in our exercising of faith 
that looks past conditions. You see, if you let them, conditions will sour your outlook on life. Conditions can cause you to give up hope. And you need to know this. Conditions don't just automatically get better because you made the decision to serve the Lord. Paul's testimony is that after I met Jesus and after I decided to live for him, I had nothing but trouble. But in the midst of my trouble, I learned to look past my trouble and see God making a way for me. When they beat me, I just kept the faith. When I was shipwrecked, I just kept the faith. When I was in jail in Philippi, I just kept the faith. And even now, I'm just keeping the faith. And I can keep the faith because I know the one in whom I have believed. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. And I've made up my mind that it's not about whether I've got a lot or whether I've got little, but it's about the one who holds me under all circumstances. Church, there's something there for you to grab on to because somebody today is mourning because you lost something. You lost a friend. You lost a job. You lost a companion. You lost a relationship. You lost something that you thought you'd have for the rest of your life. And you're running around trying to figure out how you're going to make it without what you lost. Well, let me tell you something. If you keep getting up in the morning, you're going to lose something else along the way. Life is all about picking up over here and dropping over there. The moment you get something in this hand, something falls out in this hand. But you know what I have learned? It ain't about what you got. And it ain't about what you lost. It's about who's got you. If I'm in his hands, then it doesn't matter what's in these hands. I'm in his hands. And he makes a way out of no way. I'm in his hands. He keeps bread on my table even when there's no money in my pocket. I'm in his hands. He keeps my enemies off my trail. I'm in his hands. He makes 
rough places plain and crooked places straight. So I'm not worried about what's in these hands. I'm just glad I'm in his hands. I can call him early in the morning. I can call him late in the evening. I just say, Father, 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 I stretch my hand to thee. And when I call him, when I call him, when I call him, when I call him, he comes to see about me. He's my heart fixer. He's my burden bearer. He's my mind regulator. He's my way in. He's my way out. He's my way over. He's my way under. He's my way through. He's able, 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 able. You need to spend some time with him. It's all right to meet him. But you got to go past just meeting him. You got to go through some mess. You got to go through some trouble. You got to go through some heartache. You got to go through some disappointment. You got to go through some tears. And nobody with any good sense wants to go through any of that. But let me tell you something. On the other side of what you go through, on your way out, when you look back at what the Lord has brought you through, you got a testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I messed up, but you didn't leave me alone. I failed but you gave me another chance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. Couldn't get here last week. Sat there and watched it on live stream. 
heard Rodney say, if you got breath, you ought to praise the Lord. Well, I'm here to tell you, I got some breath. And with my breath, I say praise him, 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 praise him. doors of God's church are open. Deacons are coming across. The ministers are coming down. There might be someone here today who needs to make a decision for Jesus Christ. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would humble himself and open.